This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the uh, occasional show that me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, His Royal Highness, the Duke of Kid, do. Dog, 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 dog of Kid. Indeed. Uh, you know, occasionally. This is why it's an occasional show, and we call it In Off The Post. And we call it In Off The Post because it's where we get the chance to read out the fantastic emails, what you lot write, and then send in to us. And uh, we are always very humbled by what you have to say, and uh, not least by the quality of the emails and the content therein. Uh, but before we get on with all of that, I should say hello to Mr. Kidd himself. Oh, hello, Chidge. Um, uh, hello, everybody. I just wanted to say perhaps that I took the uh, um, your very negative um, uh, email we had last week possibly too seriously. <laughs> Because it occurred to me afterwards that it was clearly an enormous piss take. It could have been. And, uh, who yeah, knows? I, think, I don't know. I don't who know. Who knows? Like, who knows? <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But because um, it was exactly the same as the previous one we got. So I thought, oh, OK. But I, I you know, if so, he he, he, he stitched me up like a kipper because I responded <laughs> in, a, in a proper way to it. You were a little bit crabby. Yeah, I was. You crabby. were. But afterwards, I thought. Oh no, it's he's done exactly the same as the other bloke. So you know, and I haven't been negative at all. So, so perhaps uh, he's giggling into his beer at this very moment, um, uh, or not. Uh, but yeah, but um, yeah, send them in. I'm happy to, to respond to uh, your very negative uh, emails because I'll know then that it's not the truth. Um, but it might be. That's the beauty of it. We just don't know. We don't know. I love that. Know. I love that. Anyway, how are you? You all right? I've got a bit of a chest infection, but I'll be better. I'll be better soon. Um, but but uh, yeah, I may not make it to uh, to to Geordie Land as a consequence. But um, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I don't. See. I mean, you know, it's a bastard of a trip up there. Oh, awful! And then also, you just you know, you're stuck in the gods, and everybody's just such a little insect. 
Um, I think the only way to do that is to have a mate who's a Geordie and sit amongst them, and then if Chelsea score, just sit on your hands if that's possible, and uh, and and try and imitate them as much as possible. Just, just um, go why I a lot. It's consistent, absolutely. Have a way and shite. <laughs> <laughs> and come on the tune. Come on the tune. Sing the blade races. <laughs> They're a fucking weird lot up there, aren't they? I, I reckon the best way to do Newcastle away is to stay up there, to be honest, mate. No, I absolutely you know. agree. You have to. Well, it's like United. I want to go to United the following week, and I'm I'm working out. Um, uh, I've got to stay the night because I won't be able to get a um, a train back. So you just have to you get an early train in the morning because I'm working on the Thursday. So uh, you've got to do it. You've got to go to United, though. It's one of the great fixtures to go to. Well, it is. I mean, the last time I went to United, I didn't get back until I drove up there and back and didn't get back until four in the morning. Yeah, that's the trouble because there's so much traffic. There are so many people going to that game from London. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We'll race you back to London. Yes. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Anyway, we've got uh, uh, we have a full sack tonight, J.K. A full sack. We a have full, a full sack. sack. Yes, indeed, we do. Uh, which we're going to get into in a, in a minute. Before we do, um, I, as I should always say, um, don't forget you can listen to the show live, live every Monday and Friday, usually, and it's usually about seven thirty p.m. We're not very good at time. All right, that's all I can say. We're not very good at it, but. You know, you pop in there at half seven. Unless I've told you otherwise, then we should be there sooner or later. Now, the address is chelsea-fancast.mixlr.com. And uh, the great thing about that is you can listen to the show live and you can join in. Uh, in, in all, yeah, indeed. Thank you, JK. Uh, you can join in the chat by uh, posting on the live, live. chat page. And uh, many do, uh, and uh, it's great fun. They have a, a, a bit of a giggle and a bit of chat between themselves. Occasionally, I poke my head in there and see what's going on. And uh, you might also find people like Tony Glover and uh, Mark Meehan of this parish uh, joining in as well. They often uh, go into Mixler and listen if they're not even on the show. So there you go. Now, you can listen, uh, You can uh, follow us on all the socials, of course, at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you give us a filthy five-star review it has to be filthy otherwise it won't be a five-star review now talking of, di- uh, of uh, mixler chat rooms um we kind of have something very similar to that uh called discord it's like 24 7 mixler and again it's populated by the same wonderful people who who listen to this show and uh, one of the easiest ways to access that is to, is to become a chelsea fancast patron and what that means is that you bung a few quid each month to the chelsea fancast every month which helps us keep the good ship Chelsea fancast uh, rolling along. Uh, a float, a float. A float. That was the that was the word I was struggling for. J.K. <laughs> and thankfully, I've got J.K. as my in-house translator, which does help. Um, right now, as I said, there's no pressure. I love everybody equally, whether people you know donate to Patreon or not. And uh, but if you do want to and you want to get involved with Discord, particularly, then it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea fancast. Uh, and in addition to that, um, you will be entitled, if you want one, to a mini uh, banner uh, with, uh, you know, the Kerry Dixon banner we've got hanging up in the MHL. Uh, you can have a replica of that, uh, but only if you give me your address. And thank you to, A, all of those who have joined Patreon recently. It's lovely to have you on board. You should by now have your Discord link. And uh, thank you for those of you who have sent me your addresses recently and uh, confirmed your surname, because that's quite useful when you're sending stuff out to people to know what their surname is. But you've been very responsive. And uh, I can I hope to get the latest batch off 
I'm aiming Monday, all right? So I'm going to be stuffing them in envelopes over the weekend, taking them to the post office on Monday. So that's my aim. So you should get them very, very soon, everybody who's joined within the last kind of uh, few months or so. So there we go. Right, JK, first email of the week is from Jalal Karadia, somebody we know well. Good old Jalal. Guys, what the fuck was that second half? I'm so angry at this absolute circus of a club. How the name of God did we struggle in that half? I'll tell you my thoughts. This team, these players are so incredibly ill-disciplined. Are we still on Brentford? I think we must Fuck me. (laughs) I know, but I love it. I love the the expulsion of of despair in this email. I love it. I love it. Because isn't it interesting that two games later, uh, and we wouldn't be reacting like this. But, um, you know, here we go. Anyway. Um, I'm in the middle of despairing. There's such a lack of leadership on the pitch. Leadership should not, big capitals, come from one player. All the fucking players should be understanding the state of the game and, and adapt to it. I agree with all of these things, Jalal. Why are we committing pointless, ridiculous fouls and giving them set-piece opportunities? I agree. How are we, are we under pressure with two-man advantage? How do we not see their defensive line is absolutely madly high? It's so fucking simple. Go over the top. Oh, it must be the second half against... Um, Spurs, though. A match which we won 4-1. Yes, so I'm not quite convinced. No, I, 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 know, I, know, I, know, I know what's going on here. Yeah. This is not Jalal Karadia. The clue is in the initials JK. You've written under a pseudonym, haven't you? <laughs> this is you, really, isn't it? Well, I have to admit, Chidge, that, you know, <laughs> people aren't writing in enough. So, you know, <laughs> I've decided to add, add to, the, to the sack. Indeed. So, you know, in fact, I've written them all this week <laughs> with various monikers, various pseudonyms. Um, uh, no, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued that he's really annoyed by the um, uh, by the, our inability to chip the ball over Tottenham's high line. We did. We'll still win 4-1. Anyway, let's carry on. Um, how Yes. How are we under pressure with two man advantage? Of course, it's the Spurs game. Yeah. How, how do we not see that their defensive line is absolutely madly high? It's so fucking simple. Go over the top. Fucking simple. Yeah, I agree with you completely, Jella. I agree, but we still won 4-1. Anyone that puts blame on the manager for this season is an absolute blind man, in my honest opinion. You could take fucking Pep Guardiola or Sir Alex Ferguson. Still got the same idiocy because it's the players who are not good enough. They were very thick indeed. I have to say that. I have to say, but <laughs> one of them is, if, if one of them is Jackson, I think, you know, I'm not being unfair to, to say, and having said that, well, Mudrick, for, somebody who, for, for somebody who we're so rude about, who we just think isn't any good, he has scored five goals. And there were many other far, far better players who didn't score any goals at all. So, you know, let's let's be intrigued to see what happens when Nkunku gets back, as I think you're going to say. Yet, that's the key. Yet, they will get good enough, but we have to afford the manager time in big letters. We are unfortunately not, not the Chelsea of the last 20 years, but that's fucking obvious, isn't it? It's changed. The tide has shifted. Um, adapt your expectation. Be as patient as possible with the manager. We need at least one full season of settling in. I'm not so sure. Stop adding more players. Don't buy another fucking striker. I'm not so sure. I know I'm going against the grain of the podcast and most fans, but I don't want another striker. I think you are. Get Nkunku fit. Yes, that's true. Take Jackson out of the firing line. Great possibility. Let the players settle. Look at Cucurella. He's a man possessed now. Man in the bin last season. Give time. Stop the changes. Let it settle. Very good points you make. Cucurella has been um, a super poodle 
this season so far. And um, we were all, as has Sterling, to be fair, in certain occasions, because we were both hoping they would be on their bikes. But um, uh, as always, you know, we've had two games that might all fall apart against the Geordies. But let's see. I'm so fucking angry, even though we smashed those fucking dirty, dirty, cheating, bottle job Gareth's. Say what you mean, Janelle. Say what you mean. By the way, their goalkeeper's fantastic. I know I'll get shouted at for this, but he deserves respect for his performance. Um, he did a terrible... When when Mudrick tackled him, he did a kind of double flip backwards, didn't he, to try and get him sent off. So, uh, Well, I, res- mate, all, all of their players spent the entire second half trying to get one of ours sent off to even up yeah. the numbers. Yeah, even up. yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for my absolute tirade and rant. Don't be sorry, your own title. I'm writing this 10 minutes after the game. I'm still sitting with a face of fury and anger. Fury and anger. Whereas I was at the ground in raptures of joy. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I think that that underlines it. It's such a different experience when you're actually there. I mean, you just feed off the other two or 3,000 of us that were there who were just fucking delighted we'd beaten them. Um, But, I mean, you know, we we made these points uh, on on the show after the Spurs game. But i tell you something I do agree with here. Um, I mean, I do actually think we do need to get a proper striker. But that's because I think we need to get a proper striker. And I'm not convinced that Nkunku or Jackson are. But that notwithstanding, I, I, like uh, Jalal, I'm a bit worried that the uh, wonderful owners that we have and the, the Muppets who are uh, the directors of football, whose job is to go and buy new players, will go and do what they kind of always do, which is to buy new players. And I actually worry that, that uh, you know, Poch is actually, as we've seen in the last two weeks, beginning to build a real team bond. He's, he's, he's getting a team together. That's yeah, what true, good managers true. do. And yeah. I worry about new players coming in and disrupting that. And I think the problem we might... I don't know. Maybe the owners have said, no, we've spunked up enough money. Fuck off. Go and deal with what you've got. I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing because I think we're seeing good things from what he's doing by gelling this team together. But, uh, you know, we shall see. And there's not a lot we can do about it. But I do worry about, you know, getting a lot of new players in will will disrupt things. And I I say that because they're a young team growing together. I think if it was an established team... When you had a variety of ages, you kind of expect people to go, people to come. I and mean, that's kind of how it works. But these lot are all about the same age. So they're growing up together. And I think bringing in new people, you know, would disrupt that. I, I, look, I mean, you know, Mourinho did it brilliantly, didn't he, at, at, in, in times gone by. You know, remember what Frank used to say, you know, Mourinho loved him to pieces. And then you'd buy another world-class midfielder, which was a direct competition for Frank, which told Frank he had to up his game. And he did. So, you know, I, I think there's no definitive answer to this. I just got a feeling that, you know, bringing a load more in might disrupt things, which I don't think would be a good thing. But what do I know? I'm not paid three million quid a year to manage a football club. So there you go. I agree with you. There we go. Um, right. I've got a lovely email from uh, the fantastic Kenroy Justin. Kenroy, Kenroy, Kenroy. I'm sorry your mate, uh, I think his name was Jeremiah Norbert, uh, did not make it over for the City game. He had to fly back in the morning. We had a seat lined up for him, everything. We, we'd uh, done the done the whole nine yards. It was such a shame. Hopefully, he'll get the chance to come over for a game uh, another time. Hopefully, you will too, Ken, because it'd be lovely to see you. Anyway, here's an email, from, an email uh, not an email, an email from Kenroy. I think Uncle Dave Chidgy should read this one, as he'll definitely get it straight away. Uh, now, this is a song, the lyrics to a song. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just not going to do that. 
because I can't remember the tune. Uh, but anyway, I shall read it in a poetic kind of way. It looks like the game is up. Will the blue parachute open up? I put on the game, but go back to bed. They're taking bets that Chelsea's close to the edge and we're getting by, but only just. It looks like we're on our knees, shithousing our way through, through with penalties and we're getting by, but only just. You will know how frail our team is. I'll be waiting for the end of the game. Score another goal and we could dance like lunatics. I don't think that we should give up yet. It looks like we're out of jail. At three-point lane, we never fail. And we're getting by, but only just. You will know how frail our team is. I'll be waiting for the end of the game. Score another goal and we could dance like lunatics. I don't think that we should give up yet. We're getting by, but only just. We're getting by, but so we must. We're getting by, but only just. We're getting by with extreme fuss. We're getting by, but only just. We're getting by, we'll soon get sussed. Keep the beautiful game flying high. Win or lose, up the blues. First or last, up the fancast. Kenroy, I got it immediately when I read this. It is uh, our theme tune to the Chelsea fancast. Uh, penned and performed by the brilliant, beautiful game. Loza, Jay, Pablo, et al., Absolute superstars, a lot of them. We love them to pieces. I see Loza and Jay in the pub uh, in the cock before most games, so it's always lovely to see them, and it's lovely that we've never changed that that theme tune. Um, they're big fans of the show. We're big fans of them. They very kindly said we could use it because licensing music is utter ball ache for podcasts, so there was no kind of copyright issues. And I like it. It's part of us. They're part of us. I ain't ever changing it, no matter what. So there we go. So well done, uh, well done, Kenroy, for adapting their song uh, to suit Chelsea. I think that's a lovely piece of work, JK. I think that's excellent. And also, moments of whimsy. Yes. Moments of, um, moments of almost sadness. Moments of uh, philosophy. And I'm, the, I'm worried by the last line, though, but we're getting by, we'll soon get sussed. Because it looks as if that means it'll all fall apart. Well, it is the lyrics to, uh, you know, getting by but only just. Yes, but at the same time, you can apply that to Chelsea is what I'm you saying. You could. Is it? Yeah. Well, well, well figured out, Kenroy. Anyway. George. Are you happy with me doing, doing this one? Always. It's a George no, no, Benson. no. It's just the way, that, it's the way it comes out of the raffle. I'll read pet. Um... Dear Chidgy and JK, it seemed after this George Spencer, of course, it seemed that good old George. Thank you, George. It seemed after the first. In fact, you must be the um, the uh, the the kind of email guru, aren't you? You should you you because you you write all the time. Well done. It seemed after the first ten minutes, this was destined to be yet another night to forget. It, I think it's more than ten minutes, wasn't it, George? That would be, <coughs> we would be another trophy. Don't laugh on Angie's living room wall. This would be another email full of gripes, moans, and Liz Truss quotes. But when we woke up, it astonished me. It astonishes me. But then we woke up. It astonishes me how Spurs weren't already down to ten men when, after much faffing around with VAR, we were awarded a penalty and Romero was sent off. Yes, because uh, Romero kicked um, Colwell. Uh, yeah, Colwell in the corner. Yeah, so obviously in front of all of us, in front of the linesman. For God's sake, what does what do they do in their VAR room? Ah. Um, those who remember the 1960s Batman series will know the Joker was played by Cesar Romero. So it's not the first time someone called Romero has been a complete and utter clown. <laughs> ice, ice, very good. Ice cold Palmer, good. Once again, proved an astute buy. And from then on, we were more than a match for them, though he was poor for England last night. It helped too when Uchogwi fulfilled his destiny 
by being sent off. And uh, we proceeded to take them apart to such an extent they needed to be reassembled by air crash investigators. <laughs> Clever. Nicholas Jackson finally did something, helped that, he, that even with nine men, Spurs played such a high line, would have given even AVB a nosebleed. I wonder how many we'd have scored had we broken the bank for it. Oh, she men. Or she meant Reese James made it through the match without his hamstring falling apart like Leeds. Given that the word Gareth is used for every grammatical purpose in Australia, I expect Postacoglu's team talk resembled a Malcolm Tucker tribute act. Oh, there's nothing to report from back to Winchester City. Nothing to report from Winchester City due to our opponents on Saturday being in the FA Cup. So I'll finish with this: normal service, normal service, normal service is resumed. Normal service is resumed. Normal service, normal service, normal service is resumed. Um, uh, what was the tune for that, for normal service is resumed? Was it normal service, normal no, service? Normal service, normal service, normal service is resumed. Normal service is resumed. Until next time, up the chills. George Spencer. Uh, Good old George. George. Lovely to hear from George, as we do every, every in off the post. He's a resident. Right, this is from uh, Raj... Mataru, I think it's Mataru or Mataru. What do you reckon? Mataru. Well, I don't know. Uh, Mataru. It's the T and the H that I've got not got my head round. It's either Mataru Ta- or Mataru, or Mataru, or Mataru, or, Mat- or Raj. Let's just call yeah. him. Let's call him call Raj. Him Raj. <laughs> Raj, good old Raj. Dear Chigi, Duke of Kid. Yeah. and esteemed guests, not on the in off the post show. They aren't anyway. Uh, although I'm a long time listener. Uh, and, it, and have even had the honour of meeting the podfather himself at the sleep out a few years ago. You know what, Raj? I do, I do recall that, actually. Blow me down with a feather. Absolutely. Well, there we go. Uh, this is my first time writing in. It would be remiss of me to start with anything other than a sincere extension of my gratitude for all you do and for the wonderful show, which is as, which is as cathartic and insightful as it is hilarious. JK, I fear that going into the festive season, <laughs> I will not be able to look at a turkey baster in quite the same way. Oh, mm. dear. Mm. However, I am most grateful for perhaps the, oh, blimey, epiph- epiphenomena of the show. Great word, Raj. I like that. Which, which is the growth and creation of a community and a camaraderie bound by a shared love of Chelsea Football Club. He is he, not wrong, Chief. He is not he is wrong. not wrong. That's spot on. Absolutely. You are, ascent, you are absolutely right that the experience is always made by the people and the interactions, essentially relegating the football to a sideshow. But I hope you appreciate that it is thanks to yourselves as custodians of many of these communities through your fancast network that this is the Chelsea way. Well, that's, that's very, very, very kind of you to say, Raj. Beautifully expressed yeah, as well. I'm lovely. Say. Beautiful, man. I'm hoping to rely on your reach and generosity to relay an important message regarding a potential CDSA, Chelsea Disabled Supporters Association. Uh, I am actually very much aware of this, Raj, because of my work on the CST and uh, the lovely Diane and Cliff, well, mainly Diane, but Cliff's been very, very involved, who's organised all this. So I am aware, and I'm very happy to, to help promote this. Now, following a meeting held after the Brentford match, arranged by the wonderful people at the CST together with Level Playing Field, it became apparent that there is a general lack of awareness about the help and resources available to the Chelsea Disabled community. The Supporters Trust have helpfully created a new article on their website and a temporary email address, chelseadsa at chelseasupporterstrust.com, for those who want to find out more. 
I would encourage anyone who is interested, regardless of whether they or someone close to them has a disability, to reach out. Many other Premier League clubs have a DSA, so it is perhaps time Chelsea created one too. The treatment of some of the fans with disabilities is abhorrent, absolutely. And football cannot be considered the global and inclusive sport we all wish it to be while this continues. It is unacceptable that, for example, fans in wheelchairs are placed in the home end at away matches in places such as Anfield and and Old Trafford, by the way, where they've been on the receipt of punches and bottles thrown at them. It's disgraceful. Yeah, we go, as he says, have been spat on by the home fans throughout the match. It's clear that more needs to be done and the CST are working hard to provide any fans who agree with the platform to try and enact necessary changes. As a last point, uh, for any fans with disabilities that may be wondering where to go to partake in pre- or post-match drinks and food, the tea room near the ticket office is an accessible spot to do so. Well, I think that's the tea bar, isn't it, uh, Raj? But yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where the DSA are going to base themselves on a match day. I could be wrong with that. Anyway, apologies for the lengthy email. <coughs> Excuse me. And thank you again for all that you do. Warmest regards, Raj, who uh, I think is Blue Heaven since 97 on either Twitter or Mixler. Um, no, absolutely, Raj. I'm glad glad you sent that in so we could read that out. But um, yeah, I know Diane is doing great work in terms of a Disabled Supporters Association at Chelsea. And I know that the Trust are heavily involved. Diane's on the board of the Trust for that very specific purpose. So, uh, you know, I'll keep in touch with the people on the CST and, and make sure we can help promote that and publicise it as much as we can. Because you're absolutely right. I think disabled supporters get treated like a piece of shit, frankly. And it's even worse at away grounds. I mean, I, you, you mentioned Anfield there. I've, I've got, you know, I know of stories about at Old Trafford, which are appalling. So uh, so there you go. What do you think, JK? Oh, great mail. Yeah, great to... to, to... Keep us in the loop for all of this, but it, it's everybody should know about this, and everybody should. It's, be, it's fairly new, though. It's fairly early doors, but uh, you no, know. indeed, I know. But it, nonetheless, I'm saying everybody should know the the net has been started to be cast, and uh, um, this whole business about away matches and people treating them like like, like uh, treating them filthily is just appalling. So uh, that needs to stop, to say the least. By me, another one from George Spencer. Hang on a minute, got double dose of George tonight. Yeah. And you get them both. He's seen the City game, this is why. Yeah. Dear Chigi and JK, because yesterday's match, yes, he saw the City game, is bound to warrant an in off the post. It has, George, you were correct. And as you are the resident emailer, we've had two from you. Football, eh? Bloody hell. After a hilarious win at Tottenham, it was very funny. It looked like we would be brought back down to earth when Anthony Taylor, <laughs> excuse me while I spit, who the FA must have forgotten is from Manchester, gave them a penalty which was converted by Haaland. An interesting point about that, of course, was that he gave it by peering around a couple of players because he couldn't see it. And all he saw in the end was Haaland going to ground with... Um, uh, Cucurella's hand nearby and apparently didn't bother to to look at the uh, to even ask VAR about it but just just awarded it um, and that is so typical of him as a, a referee um, rather than be proven wrong or rather than even look at the possibilities that Harlem was actually doing uh, a lot of shithousery and grabbed Cucurella initially and had pulled him down he just made a wrong decision anyway but then Thiago Silva proved that age is just a number with a fantastic header before Raheem Sterling gave us the lead only for a kanji to equalize on the stroke of half time that's what happened then Haaland gave him the lead again he did only for Jackson to restore parity 
that's right. When it looked as though we'd blown it, Ice Cold Palmer, that's the second time he's called him that, that makes sense, stepped up to secure a point in a balmy game. What were Man City thinking, selling him to us? More importantly, who gives a toss? Absolutely. Elsewhere, Winchester City, ah, now we're off to the real thing, shook off two and a half weeks without a match since they went at Merthyr with another win at Beckersfield when Oli Barmer got a superb early goal. Beckensfield were awarded a dubious penalty late on, which they converted. But as was the case at Hamwell exactly a year ago, was the case on Saturday at Beckensfield. A last-minute winner from Jamie Barron. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Swindon Supermarine game on Saturday. Unfortunately, our home form is a bit sketchy. We do better against the teams above us. Until next time, up the city. I'm sorry. Until next time, up the chills. That's you citizens. Are they citizens, aren't yeah. they? You citizens. Uh, well, sadly, I did not see George uh, on Saturday, um, but that was because uh, the uh, city's ground uh, was waterlogged, so the match was called off. But uh, as it happened, I was still hors de combat. I was still very much in bed. I messaged George to say much the same, but uh, he, he says there are other options. There, I think there were a couple of matches. In fact, I think, actually, he did say to me that uh, there's a chance, if I can find my WhatsApp message uh, really quickly without boring everybody stupid he did say yeah Didcot on the 9th and Hayes on the 23rd of December uh, yeah that's a possibility I'd like Hayes and Yedding grudge match yeah Euro Bob are you listening uh, right so next email oh this is from the lovely Tate Osborne Oh, Tiago Silva. right you'll all <laughs> understand this later greetings Chidge and the Magnolias JK it sounds like a paint, doesn't it? It sounds like magnolia yeah. or whitewash. However, or a flower. The, the word, in fact, means um, great. There we go. Magnificent. There so, eight. I am all yours. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I was going to think There's of a no ju- potential guest tape. No, I know, I know. I was thinking of a of a Dulux type joke to a painting joke, but I couldn't think of one. Anyway, uh, it's been a while since I've written to the pod, and if now isn't an appropriate time, then I don't know when is. I was born in England and lived there for 10 years until 2011. My mum and dad had season tickets at the bridge and sometimes I was lucky enough to go. I saw various games live with my dad, Stephen Osborne, in the West Lower, where I saw plenty of goals and convincing wins. I went to one away game and remarkably it wasn't cold, it wasn't wet, it wasn't night and it wasn't Tuesday, but it was Stoke. I remember going to the 2007 Carling Cup final versus Arsenal in Cardiff with my dad. We took a train to Cardiff and the train was delayed. I was six years old, so I can't remember how long it was delayed for, but it was a while. We eventually got to the match about 15 minutes after kickoff and the score was 1-0 to Arsenal. Walcott had scored. Mr. Cup final showed up though, scored two and won us the trophy like he did on so many occasions. When we moved back, uh, when we moved to America, I knew I missed going to the bridge, but I forgot how much until I came back for the first time in a decade this season. My dad wrote in, excuse me guys, (coughs) my dad wrote in after we went to our first competitive match since 2011, a couple of months ago now, where Chelsea treated us to a 1-0 defeat against Nottingham Forest. As I graduated university back in May, I wanted to go on a trip of some sort before I start my career. I have friends in the UK that I hadn't seen in years, and and uh, we're in the thick of the Premier League now. I knew I had to go to England. 
Chelsea had three home matches in a row, which was ridiculous luck, so my trip plans were dictated by these matches. I basically based myself in London for the Chelsea games and travelled to other cities and towns to see, see family and friends during the time in between. I ended up flying into London the day before Chelsea versus Arsenal. I had a lifelong friend and Chelsea fan travel down from university to come to the to the match. We met at a pub to watch the Merseyside derby at 12.30pm. So we were on the beers early, chidge style. After Liverpool scammed a win, we made our way to the Rose pre-match. I met up with Neil, that would be Neil Beard, friend of this parish. Uh, I met him before the Forest match in August and we stayed in contact since then, so it was great to see him again. I met his group too and they're all top lads like Beardy himself. There was a lot of optimism in the pub. We made our way to the match and it started raining. I knew this was proper Premier League football, rainy half-five kick-off London derby. I was so excited. As I mentioned before, our old season tickets were in the West End lower, so the West End was the only stand I'd been in before. However, today, I was in the Matthew Harding Upper. I loved it there. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible in this game, and we played very well. A total buzzkill, though, when Sanchez teed up Rice for his long shot. We all know what happened next. Before the match, a lot of fans would have taken a draw, but the negative feeling afterwards came from the manner of the draw. I sang my voice dry that night. For the next four days, it sounded like I had a frog in my throat, but it was back in full force by by next Saturday. The Brentford match was next. I wouldn't usually dwell on such a dire game like this, but apart from the football we watched, I had a fantastic day. Now, see, it's what we always say, isn't it? Uh, you know, 90 minutes of... Uh, a great day out with friends, drinking in the pubs, ruined by 90 minutes of football. Uh, I got myself a copy of the fanzine, so I've been able to read Chidge's eloquent homage to Eden Hazard. Like the week before, I hiked to the Rose, Rose before the match. I connected with Neil's group again. I want to say Mark Meehan, apologies if that's spelt incorrectly. Nope, spot on. Uh, Mark Meehan was there, although I didn't realise it until later, so regrettably I wasn't able to chat with him. He's always fascinating and full of knowledge whenever he's on the show. So I he feel, is. Yeah, isn't he just? I, I, so I feel like it would have been great to talk to him. Neil and I were talking about how I was due a win in this match. Due a win this match, I watched the abysmal Forest loss. I saw a promising draw versus the Goons. Next match had to be a win. I was in the Matthew Harding again, and while the atmosphere started well, I think everyone knew what was coming when we couldn't buzz past the bees in the first half. Nil nil at half time against a low block. We've seen this before. After the match, Neil, Harvey, and a friend called Miles made our way to the Cock Garden to see the lionized Chidge. It was great. Were you lionised? I I believe I was. I was a bit pissed to realise it at the time. I think. Anyway, (laughs) it was great to talk over a. uh, It was great to talk over a couple and many more beers with the Podfather himself. At the table, I met others too, such as Martin Wickham and Phil Spector, among others. I made a video begging, crying out, and hoping to meet the (laughs) mythical J.K., which I sent to him. I sent him, mate. Honestly, I sent it to him. He's, he's, you know. He's a mercurial talent. What can I say? Anyway, I got some fab photos with Chidge and was serenaded with, Oh, Tiago Silva, because apparently I look a bit like him. I hadn't got this from anyone before. And funnily enough, a few days later, I got it again from a few other random Chelsea fans as well. So there must be some basis there. Anyway, as the old saying goes, a good day out spoiled by the football. Quite right. Uh, Now, my final match was just a few days later in the League Cup match versus Blackburn. I got to see the win I was after. As it felt ritual now, I went to the Rose before kickoff to see Neil's gang. There were some new guys at Neil's table this time as well, Don Rosso and Ben Williams. 
I met them and they were great lads. They are indeed, actually, uh, Tate, I have to say. I must say, meeting people affiliated with the club and working on things that have direct impacts on the club is surreal, especially when they're so amicable and knowledgeable. <coughs> Sorry about this. I'm with Bob Fleming tonight. There were quite a lot of interruptions with me coughing. Uh, my friend Miles' work, Miles's work offered him box tickets for this match in the East Stand, and he had three spare tickets along with his. He brought me along and asked if Ben and Don wanted to come as well. So the four of us went to the East Stand, and it was quite an unbelievable experience. We got there about 20 minutes before kickoff, and we quickly realised we shouldn't have bought so many beers before the, before the rows, as everything here was free. I mean, seriously, we were welcomed in with a glass of champagne, and there was an open bar. Uh, and included three-course meal as well. I'd never done anything like this before, so it was a cool experience, to say the least. I think this was also the perfect match for it too, a League Cup match against a lower league team. What I mean by that is that it's not like I'd want to do something like this for a big game because you want to be in the thick of it singing along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The atmosphere in the East Stand felt lifeless compared to being in the Matthew Harding for the last two matches. I was keeping an eye out for JK because halfway through I remembered he sits in the East Stand he must have been somewhere below me because my seat was almost aligned with the halfway line. Yeah, I'm, I'm practically there. I wonder what happened. Yeah, I didn't see In him the second though. Second row, second row. Yeah, I didn't see him though. However, sat two rows behind me was Lauren James, so I was able to say hi and bug her for a selfie. I was so glad my final game at the bridge was a win, especially in a competition we have a genuine chance of winning. Before I wrap up, I just wanted to share a few more things. First off, Dizazi is an absolute man-mountain. He really is a unit, and it doesn't come across as much on television. I think he gets too much stick overall. He's hardly he, He's been really solid for us this season. Secondly, before the Arsenal game, a hazard banner went across the Matthew Harding lower, and I was wondering if he ever got a Chelsea song. I mean, surely he did. He's one of our greatest ever players. I never saw him live, which is gutting, so I'm not sure. But on the broadcast, I don't remember hearing any Hazard songs come through the feed. Great performances by our Chelsea since the Cup win I saw, obviously with the emphatic win versus Spurs. (coughs) And then most recently, a phenomenal performance against City. All I can ask is why did I have to see a game like Brentford and then as soon as I leave the UK, Chelsea contribute to two absolute Premier League classics. I can't even imagine how unreal the atmosphere was in the City game. A tip to Sanchez though, because as poor as he is with his feet, he really does make up for it with his saves. He's a tremendous shot stopper. Reese James is back and we're all here for it. Is it too early for a Cole Palmer song as well? I think not. Going back to the bridge was so amazing, even though we only got one win in the three I saw. I must say, though, the pre-match buzz in the pubs before the match with other Chelsea fans is what it's all about. You can't beat it. Already looking forward to the next time I can get back over there. Up the Chelsea, Tate. Tate, uh, I I just want to say it was an absolute delight uh, to meet you uh, after the Brentford match and sink a few Guinnesses with you. I'm particularly delighted you got to meet Neil and all of his mob because they're they're very superbly brilliant people. Um, I actually, after the, uh, you know, before the Spurs game, I, I, I met your mate Miles again, who, who said to me, Chid, Chid, uh, I, I, I saw you at the Brentford game, uh, in the pub, in the cock. And I said, did you? I didn't recognize him at all, but that's mainly because I was absolutely shit faced, uh, after the, after the game. <laughs> I, I, I know I was, I was a bit like a kid, kid at Christmas. Uh, I hadn't been out for a proper beer at the football for far too long. And I kind of overcompensated, but it was great to see you. I'm sorry you didn't uh, get to see JK. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll get you over another time and you will. Um, as for Eden Hazard, yes, we did have an Eden song. It was Eden, 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 Eden Hazard. 
sung very loud, vociferously and quickly. And uh, I miss singing it to the little man because he was a genius. And the other thing that that you you made a was point. it No Limits? Was that the name of the yeah, band that was from? Yeah, it was. no, 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 no. That's no, the one. No, no, no. There's no limit. That's the one. So there we go. And yeah, yeah I did say I saw Miles. I, I saw Miles before the, the Spurs match with Neil and Mark because we all met up in a pub before uh, before we went up from Liverpool Street Station. So there we go. So I, I'm I, say hello to your old man for me, Tate, and uh, hope you're well and lovely to hear from you. You, it was, you missed out meeting him. He's a lovely lad. Yes, it's a great upbeat email, isn't it? Fantastic, fantastic. Nice if he when he comes over again, if he sees three victories, that would be lovely. But uh, yeah, a great mail that it's a, it's um, and I'm sorry that I failed miserably to uh, to uh, to see him. I, it's, if I'd known where you were, I could have then looked around for you at half time. Even even we even recorded a video begging begging to meet you. God, I'm so. He's useful. looking so guilty, Tate. It's quite good. He's oh, he's actually squirming. I am squirming, Mister Squirm. There we go. Apologies. I'm so sorry, um, but we could have done because I'm as I say I'm second row and uh, just near the halfway line as well. The dugout is almost below me. Um, oh well, never mind. Right, we're going to have a break in a minute, but before we do, I'm going to have a yawn Ugh, and a, probably a cough <coughs> as we go. But actually, no, we have a very important uh, announcement to make. Um, I think I gave you a, a, a little bit of a tip on this the other day, but uh, it is absolutely confirmed that uh, on Sunday, the 3rd of December, right after the Chelsea versus Brighton match, we've got another Chelsea Fancast Presents live at the Troubadour gig. Live. Live. This time with Kerry Dixon and David Speedy. We've got them both together, arguably, and I'd be interested to hear what JK says about this, but I think this is arguably... Chelsea's greatest ever strike partnership. What say you? Um, I thought Hasselbank Good Johnson was great. One season. Um, they did it for one season. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. I still thought it was great. Though, yeah. Um, these these uh, guys did it for four seasons. Yeah. 160 yeah. goals between them in four seasons. Four seasons. Begging. Begging. Begging you. Four seasons, you see. Yes, I know. Um, yeah, thank you. Um they were wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they had a kind of, um, well, I, I think after they had their little squabble, didn't they? They had a squabble they and then agreed, agreed how they would play with each other. Um, they had a, an almost telepathic ability to, that's an example of people just playing together regularly. Perhaps we should use that as a, uh, assuming as an example for, uh, for the, the team at the moment who've been all assembled together with hardly having any experience of, of knowing each other as players. Um, but they, they were, um, and with, Pat Nevin with We Pat as well. They were formidable, formidable strike partnership as strike trio. Um, and uh, I just have this image in my head of watching a few games from the the rickety North Stand, and uh, uh, which is where the Matthew Harding is now, of course. And uh, the ball being floated up to Speedo, who although diminutive, had a great ability to flick the ball on and Kerry would just be exactly in the right place and just um carry another example of a of a forward not taking too many touches before belting in just with a great instinct for where the goal was and those kind of goals were just joyous to watch and just a wonderful example of a of a brilliant strike partnership um they were he was such a feisty little player was speedo he was always getting involved in rucks and it was uh, it was um 
it was no surprise to me when he got picked up by Liverpool, ultimately having gone via Coventry, because he was still a top, top player. He was really a top, top player with um, with uh, Kerry. Um, I mean, all the time he was a top player. They were both top players and they should have been rewarded with, uh, when he did, he played for Scotland, didn't he, Speedo, um, quite regularly. But um, he was a very feisty individual and um, I really got pissed off him when he gets sent off. He got booked so often that he'd be suspended because it, it you just meant that you were no longer watching the the superb partnership uh, i loved watching them play both of those together both of them together they were they were fantastic together they were indeed i i think they are i i can't think of anybody that can compare i mean I, i'm thinking maybe you know were bobby tambling and jimmy grease playing together much i mean you would know that better than me i don't i don't remember that very often no, no. i don't think he got in very often to play with, and i don't think that they they um dovetailed uh, particularly as a, as a strike partnership at all because Greaves was such an individual Greaves would score you know four goals from all from the edge of the penalty area very few you know the odd tap in but he was just such a a, a marvelous a, had the marvelous pinpoint ability to hit the ball into the corner he had such a sweet sweet foot Greaves you know in my memory of him is is misty but bloody hell i can remember the ball just disappearing into the corner he would just it's this biz, a business that they all do these great strikers of taking pot shots from wherever they've got a moment and you see the goal they see the goal and you think it biff biff it and it goes in because they've they have that accuracy i tell you I had a bit of that as well i was very fond of we didn't have him very much was clive allen had that also that ability just to to, you'd see him and you think there's a, there's a I love that thing you when as a as a fan on the terraces you just see them and you think there's an opening and they've seen it before you and it's in the goal and you think that's it that's what I want a striker to be and we haven't had that since Drogba did that as well Drogba had and but also the main one for me the main two did that we've discussed this before were Viali and and Hasselbank who just had an astonishing ability to bap the ball. I and mean, Hughes as well was great for that. Bap the ball first time. So everybody's taken by surprise by it. Accuracy, such great accuracy. But that comes from practice and, and, and you know, knowing the angle the ball's coming to you and how to... Hughes had that ability to, to just get his foot over the ball and drive it in from angles. That was what I remember Hughes so much. And also rising like a salmon, very similar to Speedy, rising up just to, to with his headers, which was could be so... So once again, the accuracy of it, which is down to practice and just knowing your angles so well. But um, uh, and Speedo was such a great header of the ball. I mean, my goodness, for such a small bloke. It's that thing of always getting the angles right. You just think, where's he going to head it from? It's always oh, got it in. It's, it's a it's, it's almost there's a there's a Kane like quality. You watch Harry Kane, who's clearly one of the best strikers in the world now, who just has that ability to to get his head on the ball. And it's in the corner. The, the goal that Silver, Thiago Silva scored the other day against City. Similar. Got the angle absolutely right. Speedo and Dixon both had that wonderful ability. Well, I, I, mean, I must I, agree with Jidge. I think possibly, I think possibly they are. a pairing. I thought they were. That it is possible. I, I think it's un, un, unarguable. I really do. Unarguable. Well, we don't see many many duos. Well, anymore, we don't. Do not we? really, do we? But I said, no. uh, I said they complimented each other. I, I had to write the bio for Ian on the website, but I said they complimented each other perfectly. Kerry all speed and power with a lethal eye for goal, and Speedy all hustle and bustle and tenacity with an amazing leap for a player only five foot seven inches tall. Yeah, yeah, but he had a, he, as you say, he had a great hustling ability. He had a great, he scragged opponents he to did. get the ball, Speedo, and also just really there was a there was a determination and a tenacity about Speedo that was just fantastic. 
fantastic. Well, there we and go. Another one, another one with a great shot, another great smack shot yep. straight in, you know, saw the goal, bap. Well, no fanning about, no looking to lay the ball off to anybody. For God's sake, bap it. There's the goal. Have a shot. Well, if uh, you want to come and see Kerry and uh, Dave, Kerry Dixon and David Speedy reunited uh, for an afternoon, uh, then uh, you can do so courtesy of us because we're putting on a live Troubadour gig. 3rd of December, right after the Brighton game. So I know the Brighton game kicks off at 2 o'clock, so we should be out by about 4. The doors will technically open at 4, but really it's a half 4 doors open. But I reckon we'll probably kick off about 5, but try and get there for half 4. Um, obviously we'll be talking about the Brighton game because it will have just happened, but there'll be a live Q&A there so you can sit there and ask Kerry and uh, Speedy as many questions as you want. There'll be time for you to meet them, shake their hand, have a selfie taken with them, get anything signed. So bring your stuff to get signed as well. Um, tickets are 20 quid uh, plus the booking fee and they are available at ticketweb.uk. Just put in Troubadour, Chelsea Fancast, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. But it's ticketweb.uk. Um, I've already put the uh, the little flyer and the link up uh, on uh, our Twitter, Chelsea Fancast Twitter page pinned to our page so it's easy to find it's on our facebook page as well and all the other places and instagram all the other all the usual places we put this stuff out so uh do come along uh it's a match day so tickets will probably sell out for this so don't hang around if you know and i you know in other words what i'm saying is i i don't think there'll be any available on the door on the day I mean, if there are i'll let you know but i wouldn't bank on that because every time we've done one on a match day it's it's sold out so uh you need to get your tickets quickly. You've only got a couple of weeks to go. So come along. It'll be great fun. I, you may notice that I put the Mickey Thomas live gig up as a podcast this week. And uh, that'll give you a flavour of what these events are like. They are absolutely great fun. There's some great beer in the Troubadour as well. Every single person, every single ex-player we've had on has been excellent. Every single one. Fascinating. Fascinating things to do. I, I, I we. This will be a great evening because they, 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 I mean, carry on his own. I don't know what Speedo's right. I think they'll be great together, but carry on his own is a great entertainer as well. So yeah. they, they've done plenty of gigs together like this. So they, yeah, right, they, right, they should be great. pretty good. I don't think yeah. you or I will get a word in. Yes, good. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Get an afternoon off. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. Right. Um, oh, no, I won't have a snooze. No, no you're, you, will you cry this time? You did with Mickey. Yes, I forgot about cry that. Again. Yes. You, you almost did that Geordie bloke. So many goals. I know, I so did. many goals. It was so funny. Don't tell everybody. I cried with Mickey Thomas. Yeah, but it's was... on the podcast, mate. I know. Because I know. very rudely, I'm... I said, are you crying? You yeah, said... I know you did. And I said, did I say yes? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, I did. I was. I loved him. Yeah, so many I, I, I love meeting these ex-players. In fact, I'm normally, I'm normally incompetent with them. That's the trouble. I normally ask a stupid question because I'm just... I'm a bit overawed. You are, I know. I am. I can't help it. I really am overawed by these. They're, 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 they're exponents of something that I failed to achieve the heights of, and they, they were. I just love looking at. I love great Chelsea players. I love it. I love legends. I love the 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 memories, the great memories they've given me. I love the the emotion that they've aroused in me. And Mickey Thomas was a fabulous player. My goodness, he me. was indeed. Right, you you and I are going to have a quick break, and uh, after that, we'll be back for part two. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? 
NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast in off the post. And I am Chidge, Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined by the lovely Jonathan Kidd. And we are here to read out this week's emails. Are we not, JK? We are, Chidge. We are. And uh, as always, they are excellent. And uh, everybody's very talented. And they uh, they say lots of things that we've not really thought of. And we then appreciate that they should be running the show. They're not. It's us. <laughs> um, hi, Chidge, JK, and rotating fancast squad. Well, Patrick Makimi, uh, the only person rotating is Chidge and myself. Um, so there are two of us rotating because it's just the two of us. <laughs> um, hi, Chidge, JK. Hopefully we're seeing something exciting take shape with Chelsea. Yep, I think. That might be the case. One particularly unique thing I've noticed is how much occasionally begrudging appreciation we seem to be getting from my neutral and even rival supporting friends. I think it's because we've taken them by surprise because I think they were uh, expecting us to um, finish very low down the, the division. But um, yes, and we've uh, we've got up the noses of several teams who... Um, uh, similarly thought they would beat us. We have served up the two greatest spectacles of the season back to back. I would agree with you completely, Patrick. And we're getting a reputation for being party wreckers for other so-called big teams aspirations to the delight, to the delight, I can't say it, to the delight of their neighbours. I think we should embrace this tag as entertainers while it lasts. Well, we had that in the 70s. In the early 70s, late 60s and 70s, we were the entertainers before the weight of expectation and finances truly lands. That's going to be an interesting thing, isn't it? The finances, what with the Everton points deduction. As this new team hits unexpected speed bumps along the way, of which there will be several. We have prophesied, haven't we, Chidge? We have. It will be a roller coaster of a season. Were Chelsea not originally known for being a glamorous cup team? Oh, you're just echoing what I just said. Being a glamorous cup team of showmen in the 70s and 90s anyway. They were. Um, as were the crowd at the time. Lots of the people in the East Stand with my dad were all 
um, pop stars and agents and uh, hairdressers and Vidal Sassoon and John Mills and Richard Attenborough and masses of, uh, uh, I remember who was it came as well, Michael Caine was there. Anyway, um, What's for certain we'll have a not, season. Not a lot of people know that. Not a lot, not a lot, not a lot. What's for certain is we'll have a season to remember even if we miss out on the top spots. I think that's likely it will be, yeah. It's never dull supporting Chelsea. That's what I love about it. Never. It's all a learning experience for our young team. I've been proud to see them show such guts and resilience these last weeks. I agree. I watched the City game with the Mexico City Chelsea Supporters Club, a fine bunch who are doing us proud over here. Fantastic. Vamos, vamos, I'm so sorry, vamos. Los Azules, Patrick, a.k.a. True Panks. Bloody hell. True. Does that mean Patrick's in Mexico City at the moment? It must mean Wow, that. I didn't know that. Bloody hell. Well done, Patrick. Well um, done, Patrick. We, we, we to listen to the fan cast. We know you very well as True Panks. You've been uh, listening to the show for a long time, I know. It's lovely to hear from you properly. Uh, right, next up, we've got Brendan Piper Smyer. Now, Brendan, you may recall, JK, is the one who wrote the uh, brilliant, intelligent takedown of of American owners recently. Yes. And, and yes. I'm, I'm going to ask you this again, Brendan. You know how to get hold of me. Just ping me an email. I would love to publish that email you wrote on our website because I think it deserves a much wider readership. So uh, if you give me permission, I will do that. Anyway, uh, he's got another email. Hi, Chidge and JK. Having been so graciously lauded by you both for my first outreach to the fan cast, I've been reluctant to mar my record with another entry but by god this week has been worth remarking upon so i'll do it the display against city was marvelous and each of the players deserve their well-earned credit but i hope we are all taking note of how pochettino has handled himself in this squad in less than ideal circumstances Without even getting into the utter debacle he inherited, he's overseen a complete squad overhaul while instituting his own system and philosophy. He's dealt with the absurd Chelsea injury situation, including no Nkunku to date, arguably our best player, so we're told. This week, he got four goals out of Jackson in two games against the club sitting at the top of the table. He's rejuvenated Cucurella and possibly his market value. He's got Connor playing like a Chelsea captain. And by the way, he's been picking... And by the way, he's been picking Connor since the first day he arrived. He even listened to my plea on the fancast to play Cole Palmer after the Villa loss, demonstrating his fine taste in podcasts. He listened. Perhaps he listened to us. Wouldn't it be lovely if he did? I love him. I, you know, I don't give a shit that he managed Spurs. I think he's the real deal for us. That's completely irrelevant to everything, isn't it? Totally is. I think he's he's a decent bloke, bloody good manager, and bloody good coach. And I think he's. I, I'm so pleased we hired him. I think he was the best choice when when we were, you know, recruiting for a new manager. And I couldn't be happier. It's very interesting to see all the love that he gives everybody because I'm just above <laughs> the dugout. Every single time a player goes on, he's he's in their ear and he's he's got his arm around them all, and it's all it, all very encouraging. He's very very good with the players. It's really interesting to watch him. He is. He's taken a club that last year routinely gave up after conceding a goal and instilled them in them some sufficient belief in themselves and in his tactics to produce that performance. To come back against the best club in the world three times and take a point, he's shown the players and the world where the bar is, and now their task is to perform that level or better every time out. Now, to be clear, they won't do that. They're mostly kids, and they won't be consistent, not just yet. I'm as guilty as anyone of expecting miracles from him, and all losses are hard to stomach. But can we reasonably expect anyone to make such a marked turnaround in less than five months? Surely we must acknowledge that an overhaul of this magnitude was always going to come with some bumps along the road, and I think he's done a remarkable job. 
While I decline to acknowledge the Potter era, <laughs> all of us agree with that, I love Tuchel's candour and his presses. But I admire the way Poch keeps the media at arm's length. He says very little and does it pleasantly, always protecting his players and often using his language barrier when it suits him. Yes, it's true. It's a bit like Nelson, isn't it, with his, uh, with his blind eye. I see no ships. <laughs> you know, so there you go. He's clever and he displays the savvy of a manager who knows that the media aren't his friends. Take note, Potter. Uh, take note, Potter. Uh, I hope that he continues as he started. If he does, I think he gets the time needed to see this through to the silverware phase. And if his display against City is any indication, he's got the chops to get us there much sooner than I ever thought possible when Potter asked, How long is a piece of string? Now he needs a song. Yeah, quite right. Up the Chelsea, Brendan Piper, uh, at CFC Rally, if you want to follow Brendan, because Brendan knows his onions. Another top dollar uh, email there, JK. And I, it's really, I love the way he's broken down all the things that Poch has done, which might just go under the radar a bit, but he's absolutely spot on with all of that, I think. Yes, yes. Um, His analysis of the press conferences is really excellent, because he... He absolutely right. He uses, uh, he occasionally um, gives the impression he hasn't quite understood what's being said. He also, it, it, he from time to time actually turns to the to the translator. He's got a translator with him, I think, and asks what's being what what is being said. It gives him a moment. Uh, only when to, Moose is talking. That's true. Collect his thoughts. I mean, we need right. a fucking translator for that. Translator, we do. They collect his thoughts and or frequently say. Uh, uh, I think I've answered that, or I don't really know. Um, but um, uh, yeah, he's he's clever. He's clever. There's a lot of love as well in the. As you can see, the consequence of his of his uh, being the figurehead of. A, I'm not saying it's a loving, but it's just he he's very keen to to. Um, you can see there's very little rancor involved with. Uh, with Poch and um, the, the fact that they were that they were so, I think there was at the end at the Spurs game and at the uh, the City game, more the Spurs game, but they were all together um, um, in a in a group shot uh, and all you know all very very close to each other. You can see he's creating a, an excellent team spirit, and that's that's um, that's a very good start because once again it's a team that hasn't played together at all. So uh, I think he's doing very well. But let's see, you know, where as we said, it's going to be. It's going to be a roller coaster, really up and down season. We think if it's not, we will be all the happier if they go on a run. That would be great, wouldn't it? Let's see. But a fine email, Chidge, as always, Brendan. Keep writing him in, Brendan, please, because you 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 uh, you come up with some great points and you write really well. It's lovely to see. So, agreed, Chidge. Absolutely. Um, this is from Mason Owen. Dear Chidge, JK, and guests, if any. Well, you are absolutely correct, Mason, because there are none. There's no one here but me and Chidge. Just us. Just me and Chidge. Just me and Chidge. Chidge, yes. All right. International breaks take the piss a bit. I agree completely. For fuck's sake. God, and England was so dreadful. Um, we're on for the treble. Now we've got to take a break in red-hot form. I agree. I may be slightly over-exaggerating more risk realistically the double. I know it's a little while ago, but uh, I went to Blackburn game a while ago and actually saw us win and score in capitals and with a question mark and an exclamation mark. Such a surreal experience. Yes, it was at the time. Uh, we, we, we didn't play wonderfully, though, against Blackburn, but, uh, you know, we won. I feel bad for saying it, but I lost a bit of passion for this club over the past year. I think as we all did, actually, Mason. 
Uh, and seeing us actually win and being there to experience a winning atmosphere, as well as the past couple of games, have relit that light, if that's the expression. Uh, I think that's a good enough expression. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the flare is uh, is up and running again. The flare is uh, the beacon has been uh, has been well hot. It's hard to describe, really. I hope you understand what I mean. I did feel we could we would beat Spurs, but the Man City result caught me totally off guard. And I'm on cloud nine. I think it took us all off guard. I think, uh, and the way they played definitely took us off guard. It was great. I've completely forgotten how much football dictates my mood. I found myself a lot happier recently. It's yeah, God, surprising what a football can do for your mental health, both good and bad. Ha <laughs> ha. I was wondering uh, that he put ha ha, not just me laughing madly insanely in the middle of it it's haha mason has put i was just wondering what you guys would think it would take for potch to get to the level of our manager in capitals hmm. i mean that in a love sense for our gaffer would it be possible to reach how we felt towards tuchel not yet not yet you know what would it take or oh, a trophy um as much as i hate liverpool i love their relationship with klopp wish we can have that with our own manager it's not been too bad in recent years. We've filled that gap with many, many trophies. But do you think Poch can be that for long term? I must admit, I have my hopes. I think the win over Spurs really helped a big bump in the road. It did with his history there. Was worried he was being too respectful in the presses. If we were to lose a few Chelsea fans, we lose a few Chelsea fans would certainly bring up his Spurs past. Yeah, but I think he's he's uh, he's not. Um, there's been no reason for to do that at all. But yeah, it's, 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 I never thought of doing that even when we weren't doing very well at the beginning of the season. I never thought he'd done better at Spurs. I thought this is a process. Some terrible thing to say because it's what Potter said, but definitely with this influx of players. Uh, I feel as if I'm in the minority here. I'm very much against a big money, a big money for a striker in January. The last thing I want is a hundred million move for Osimen or Tony. I'd be happy with 60 million maybe, but within Kunku coming back, he could play there. Um, I, 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 I fear that that's kind of now stuffed Chelsea because they everybody knows that they're going to pay huge money. So they'll just up the price regardless, whoever we pay for. And you wonder whether the, the, the board really care if they put them on an enormous contract and it and it um, financial fair play is dealt with. But, you know, there's a there's a there's the rub. Let's see what happens. Um, I think it's mostly the midfield three of Connor, Enzo and Caicedo. Why should we ruin that? As I'm assuming Nkunku takes one of them out. I don't think he does. I think he plays left wing, doesn't he? Chich, Nkunku. I don't think he's a midfielder. Is Nkunku a midfielder? I think what we were saying on the show the other week that, I mean, that's a possibility he could, but I think it's also a possibility that he, he'll play in, in the one of the front three so he could front three exactly it shouldn't get in the way yeah but i think it's worrying if sterling's playing well and and palmer's Palmer. playing on the other side who do you take out there Paul jackson perhaps he yeah, plays instead of jackson yeah i think the confusion comes because i mean pre-season you know they were seen as a bit of a double act weren't they and cuckoo yeah. and jackson yeah. in which case you yeah. kind of play four four two which changes the dynamic completely yeah yeah and he or uh, I think, or yeah. You know, and Kunku plays centrally, Jackson plays off him or the other way around. I mean, we don't, the reality is we won't know until he comes back fit. And that's going to be Poch's problem to solve, isn't it? Yes. Anyway, to continue, Jackson seems to be developing. I know he's not the finished article, but we'll never get anything out of him if we sign a striker. It's, a, it's true, but, you know, maybe that that's down to him not playing well enough and it might 
get him to up his game. Um, Sterling on the left with Mudrick rotating. I think that's Mudrick's situation now. I think he's going to be a sub um, um, and playing perhaps from the beginning in the old League Cup game or other games. Um, and Kunko up front, which once again, it's all down to what's happening in training. If he thinks Mudrick's on fire in training, he'll play him. Because um, he said that. He said it's all down to the training. He said that early on. Nukunku um, up front with Jackson rotating and Palmer on the right with Madweke. I'm afraid I don't think um, Madweke has a future. It's a terrible thing to say, but I think he's um, uh, he's not progressing. I know he's not getting the opportunity. He doesn't look as... He's, he's a quarter as good as Palmer is, I'm afraid. And at the moment, I think he's very low down the pecking order. order. And he stopped off... I think you're right first time. He's low down the pecking order, mate. Yes, <laughs> I think he's uh, he stomped off at the end. Didn't say, um, didn't say, uh, didn't stay on the pitch to salute the fans the other night, um, the other day, I should say. He, he um, I don't think he's happy. But you know, once again, if he's not doing it on the training ground, anyway. Palmer on the right, Madweka giving him moral support from the bench sounds good to me. Well, I think it's where he's going to be. I think we'd see our attack out and decide next year, in my opinion. I'd love to know your thoughts. Well, I think I've given you a few of them. Another note, I want to say I love JK's TikToks. I find them very interesting to see both his insight and the stuff we don't see on the TV, just stuff you may miss at the game. Oh, thank you so much, Mason. This is great. I suggest anyone to follow his TikTok account at Jonathan Kid CFC. Yeah, I have a, a big TikTok account. I know this isn't JK's alt account writing this email. <laughs> I, do you know how weird? I I, I I predicted that earlier on, didn't I? Yeah. I'm probably so trying to we make know, it We know, Mason, that this is not really you, Mason. This is, in fact, JK. I don't believe it. <laughs> yes, it's me writing this one as well, just to give myself a, a puff, as they used to say, a puff, a nice Victorian word. Uh, I'm, surprised uh, you, I'm surprised you didn't choose the uh, pseudonym Mason Mint. <laughs> oh dear uh, simon spangle no it's not the same um uh i hope i'm logged into the right email now i'll probably uh, try to make it down for the newcastle cup game in december maybe i'm just cursed for prem games hope you guys are well up the chokes mason yeah my um my tiktok i have a completely different account on tiktok which is uh it's just the the pictures i take of the um uh of the away games and and the home games pictures it's just players players because uh, uh, bizarrely lots of them just when there's a, a water break you know cause, so you 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 just come have them all coming along and potch potch um putting his arm around him for substitutions and the odd moment uh, penalties anything that you're not watching the game for that you can actually spend some time taking a picture of and i put the fan bites up there as well and uh, uh people seem to be interested in them so uh I'm just trying to get a lot of of my Chelsea stuff all assembled together because at the moment it's all a bit scattergun. So I've got a, a, an actor, Jonathan Kidd actor account up there as well. And uh, and I'm redoing my website. It's just to try and get the thing focused a bit. So um, uh, and then Chidge, I want to try and involve the, uh, the fan cast in some way with it. So we then link to that at the same time. Um, but let's see what we can do. But thank you very much, Mason. I really appreciate that. That's really, really sweet of you. Thank you. And a nice mail, of course. Um, uh, and, and I agree with you about the business of losing a bit of passion for the club over the past year. And I agree. I mean, my instance, the passion was always there, but is, is but was kind of just subdued. And then when something like the Spurs game happens, you just let it out, you know. 
and the City game as well because they played so well. But I think the the Spurs game was a kind of eye opener for all of us because you actually saw them come back from being down, uh, losing the first goal and play excellently for a period. And obviously, there was the second half was a bit peculiar with all that not being able to deal with the the high line. But um, uh, it makes you realise that the the passion, though you think has disappeared, is actually just lying dormant below the surface and then it explodes i find so uh, but yeah thank you mate very much terrific i like the uh particularly the end thank you so much indeed i i think just going back onto one of his points about potch i think potch is already proving himself to be a, a proper chelsea manager but i think the thing that always seals the deal mason is winning a trophy you know, yeah. if you look back at all the managers that we've loved, there's only one manager that we didn't love who won us a trophy. And can I no. tell you that it's What's the, the, uh, the, 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 the fat, fat waiter? The fat Spanish waiter. And it's the anniversary to the day of when he was appointed in 2012 today. How about that? I remember I was on Twitter and The Guardian had said um, Benitez is to be, uh, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> Benitez is um, about to be appointed Chelsea manager. And I said, the club would never, I wrote back, I said, this is just sloppy journalism. The club would never, ever appoint him because he's been so rude about Chelsea. And he's also not a very good manager. So I'm, I'm, you're completely wrong. And then, and he was appointed. I actually apologised. I wrote back and sorry, Guardian. I said that it, it was sloppy journalism. I realised I was completely wrong. And the Chelsea board are mad, I wrote. Mm. Backfired. I mean, he did win us a trophy, but we never loved him. Uh, but everybody else that I mean, in Roman times, certainly, um, you know, Mourinho, we loved him, and uh, Gu- uh, you know, Gus Hooding, uh, of course, and uh, Carlo Ancelotti, Conte, Tommy Tuchel. I mean, you know, that's what seals the deal: winning a trophy. So, uh, Poch has got to win us a trophy, really. And I think it'd be brilliant. I, I think it will be brilliant if and when he does, because obviously, obviously, it will seal the deal between us and him but also uh it'd be great for him because he's not won a trophy in england so i think it would be fantastic should he do that anyway we'll see won't we right uh next emails from brendan della bonada friend of the show hoping to make the cut uh, off for the wednesday in off the post well actually brendan we didn't do it because we were both ill so it's now so you didn't miss the you didn't miss the cut so uh I'm pumped that there are more and more emails coming in. One of the best segments on the show, and it's become a real who's who. Now to my question. With the return of Nkunku, I cannot figure out the best starting eleven for this team. A real good problem to have, and a problem we never had last season. I wanted to get Yarl's opinion on what we should run out there. And a shout-out to Dean Mears for the follow-back on Instagram. Much, appreci- much appreciated, Dino. Cheers. Thanks for all the shows. They're always world class and forever and always up the Chelsea. Brian Della Bernada. Well, indeed. This kind of just really goes over what we've been saying in a couple of the emails tonight. I mean, it depends really on whether he's going to play Nkunku with Jackson or not. Because in pre-season, he played him with Jackson. And I think that that means you play with a 4-4-2. I, I, I hope to God that uh, what uh, Poch does is he does not, you know, break uh, what is proving to be quite good. He's got a good defence, playing four at the back in the defence. He's got a good midfield uh, with the three guys in midfield. And it's we're now evolving into a fairly decent attacking side because Sterling's back to form. Palmer's on fire. 
and even Jackson scoring goals, although we would admit he's still probably not the real deal. Um, I don't think I would break up that back seven. I really, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't either. No. I just, no. just, it's just, you know, when something's working, don't fuck with it. If it ain't broke. I mean, weirdly, I'm not even convinced that um, Colwell gets into that setup at the moment. If Cucurella's playing as well as well, he is. A, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a moot point, isn't it? I mean, I could, I can see, I could, I could, there's only one, one scenario where I can see that changing, and that is uh, if you play four-two-three-one and effectively you know you play Caicedo and Fernandez or Caicedo and Gallagher maybe or you know that you don't need two defensive midfielders in that three so it's maybe either it's either Caicedo or it's Fernandez and then you have that you know you've got four attackers that you can play so you would play maybe Sterling on the left Palmer on the right Nkunku in the middle and Jackson as the lone striker, but you know, obviously linking with uh, with Nkunku. So he might go four two three one, but he's not going to do that against big teams who are going to give us a bit of a go. You know, maybe he'd do that against uh, teams that where we're going to have like sixty seventy percent of the possession in the game, because then you you don't need two defensive midfielders. Surely would be the argument, but uh, it'll be interesting. I, I I personally think right now I I don't think I would change it. I would stay four three three or there or thereabouts. And uh, I would just basically put in Nkunku and sub him out for Jackson, see what happens, you know. Because, I mean, he, he quite. if you think about what he's done when he hasn't played Jackson, you know, Sterling has quite got, gone, you know, Sterling has adopted that kind of false nine role, as has Palmer. So, as has Gallagher to a degree. So, in other words, what you get is, is three up top who are very fluid and are moving all over the place. And maybe Nkunku's more that kind of player who can do that. We'll see. As I said, me and JK are not paid... Uh, the big bucks to manage Chelsea, so it's not our problem. But we will be very interested to see what he does, JK, won't we? I think there's been a sort of cry for him once he's fit to reappear, but I don't think it's going to happen until he, uh, as once again, shows his his steel on the training ground. He may come on as a sub, I reckon, for a few games. He won't. He won't be match fit for a start. So. No, for a start as well. But yeah. no, but I think what I'm saying is that there is a kind of feeling that once he's fit, he will automatically slot in. And I'm I'm not even convinced that that's the case at the moment. Nor am I. I think I think he'll be eased in gently because I think that's how how uh, Pochettino's playing. It's it's what he's doing with Reese James. So I can see he'll do the same for Nkunku, and that's good because you know we've got a track record of bringing players back to you quickly and then getting injured again. So you know, makes yeah. total sense to me. I think he's handling Reese James very well. Actually, I think they all are because I thought Reese has been uh, it came and played. So he took him off, obviously uh, early-ish, but uh, he looked he looked um, back to his best for a period. I felt against City. Hello, you next. I know. I'm just waiting for you to go. Yeah. I nodded. I nodded. Oh, sorry. I'm, I've got you. I've got you. You're not actually on the screen. Your script, my script in the middle, and I've moved you up, so I'm not looking. At, I'm looking at myself, actually. Sorry about that. I'm being a bit vain. Why am I surprised? Uh, <laughs> I've got my my hat at a rather rakish angle. You have, and, and I've got my scarf. You looked as so. you looked as if you just walked off the set of the guns of Navarone. Absolutely right. I look as exactly what I'm. Yeah, no, or yes, or alternatively, I was thinking of um, mutiny on the bounty. Ah. <laughs> 
Captain Bly. I've got my sailor's hat on. <laughs> anyway, Hello, anyway. sailor. Hello, sailor. Yes, I've got my Dick Emery hat on. Um, oh, you are awful. Um, hello, honky tonk. Um, <laughs> Henry Blundell. Henry Blundell. <laughs> Sorry, do you, want, do you want to say that again? As I coughed all over you announcing who it was. <laughs> Henry Blundell. Henry Blundell. Henry B Henry Blund. Hi, both. Thanks for doing such a wonderful job on this podcast. Henry, we love you. Your intelligence, wit and charm is unsurpassed in this bleak world. Oh. Your discussion on the reception Kovacic got was interesting. While I would never advocate booing an ex-Chelsea player, I can't ever bring myself to applaud Cover for one simple reason. Yeah, very good point you're about to make. Last season, I thought he committed the greatest crime a Chelsea player possibly could. He simply didn't try. Yeah, there were moments. I also felt he was he looked unbelievably unfit. Injured. Injured, yeah. Knackered. Knackered. He was the Fulham game. He he ran and then he kept putting his hands on his knees. And I just kept thinking, Oh dear, there's something wrong with you. Anyway, other players having said then when he played in the World Cup, he was fantastic. So you may have a point. Other players, e.g. Havertz, might have been worse. But I'm intrigued by the way that Havertz is as crap as he was for Arsenal, as he was for us. Um, but Kova took it easy before the World Cup. Clearly gave 150% at that tournament. He did. Then completely down tools once he got back. I think, yeah. But let's be fair. Let's be fair, Henry. It was really difficult for them because Potter was so shit. You know, anyway, it was also telling he was one of the first people who asked to leave. Yeah. Well, had he left the previous season or the season before it would have been quite different for me. But then he wouldn't have done because we were winning. Uh, regards and thanks for brightening up my week. Um, Chidge's pronunciation, P.S. Chidge's pronunciation of Caicedo never fails to make me laugh. Jonathan's Caicedo is equally. Uh, no, excuse me. I've never said quite Caicedo. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Henry. I just said it. Chidge's pronunciation of Caicedo never fails to make me laugh. Jonathan's Caicedo, no, never. I'm sorry, never. Is equally inaccurate, by the way. It's Caicedo. Yes, as I just said. Anyway, PPS, Mark Meehan is a treasure. Um, but can he stop trying to make it to the valley whatever it is a thing? It's Desazi. It's Desazi wants to call him into the valley. This podcast has come up with some wonderful nicknames in the past, but this isn't one of them. Mm. The fact that he himself seems to give up trying to use the name halfway through each episode should say it all. <laughs> well, we're being told off, Chidge. Henry's, yeah, Henry's, no. Henry's got it in, having made a very good uh, comment about uh, Kovacic. We're now... Uh, we're, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I think I may, I'd probably do say Caicedo occasionally. I think you I, do. I, I think I you do. have to... And I, 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 I say... I know I used to say Caicedo or whatever, but I say, yeah. I've been saying yeah. Caicedo for weeks yeah. after somebody yeah. else corrected weirdly, me. I said Chidge's pronunciation of Caicedo. I got it right that time. But you're right, equally in that. We are inaccurate. I think, I think, no, no, I think we we yeah. were, but we now say, we, we both now say. Know. We now know, we now well, we, I was about to resign, actually. Well, I we, was about to well, say, not actually, I won't do accepted. the podcast anymore. Um, yeah. Listen, we bo we've, we've both been corrected before, yeah. and we've both accepted that correction. So I think we have yeah. both been saying Caicedo for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, fair point, Henry, but a bit late. Um, in fact, I can prove it. If you rewind the rewind the show, you'll hear me saying Caicedo earlier on. Anyway, uh, on the Mark Meehan thing, I couldn't agree more. I do not know. I haven't got a fucking Scooby what he's on about with this into the valley. It, it makes no sense to me. I mean, we'll we'll leave the brainiac stuff to Mark, and I'll do the nicknames. Okay, that's, that's... isn't it? Isn't it? Um, oh, and J.K. obviously because he does it on the fan bike. 
Thank you. What is Dessars? I've um, got no phone. I don't, I don't call him into the valley on, on the phone bike. Yeah, no, yeah. no, well, none of us do. None of us get him. But isn't it, what's his first name, Dessars? I can't remember. Can't remember. Uh, Alex. Alex. Yeah. Alex Dessars. It's all he wanted it to be, didn't he? Is it? Yeah. He wanted it that he wanted his song to be yeah, that because yeah. it, it was the same, the same syllables, but yeah. it hasn't caught on. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Yeah. I think the song, fine. The nickname, no. I prefer Dizazi. Yeah, so did I. From the older uh, Bob. No. Well, we, we shouldn't be calling Caicedo any. It should be Moises. 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 Get out of here, Moises. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Henry, great to hear from you. And uh, criticism, all criticism accepted in the spirit in which it is intended. Yes. JK is not really resigning. Um, okay, next email. Neil Spencer. Dear Chidge, this isn't... Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I shouldn't read this out. This isn't necessarily an email for your superb fancast, but I did want to get your thoughts on what you, no doubt, get asked perpetually. Yes, you've got it. Tickets. I'm an English Chelsea lifer living in Connecticut and uh, haven't been back to London for almost nine years. In December, I plan on being there just after Christmas. I'll take two of my sons with me and meet the third one who will be arriving from Hong Kong having spent a few months at university there. So we're planning on a few days of pubs and football, as well as nipping down to Torquay, my hometown, to see my sisters. Our primary target, therefore, aside from Truro versus Torquay, of course, is to see Chelsea blow Palace away at the bridge. We can crawl all over the usual diabolically overpriced ticket sites, but I'm wondering if there's a better place to go. I'll happily pay a premium. I just don't want to get totally excuse me, totally shafted by those agencies and their outrageous fees. There's four of us, so it makes it a little tricky. But frankly, if we can all get in, I'll consider that a win. Anyway, let me know if you have any insight on this. And if not, no worries at all. Either way, I was hoping to nip into the cock and buy you boys a beer anyway. Brilliant and therapeutic work from you and JK and all of your glorious fancast guests. And to those of us many, many miles away, it brings us back down the Fulham Road and just a little bit closer to that blue cathedral. Many thanks, and up up the Chelsea! Lovely, Neil. Blue cathedral. Yeah. Now, Neil, okay, there are various things you can do. Getting four tickets through, you know, our kind of contacts, virtually impossible. I mean, we can usually muster up one, maybe even two sometimes. But uh, four in one go, I, I, I just think that's outside of our our influence if you like so what i suggest you do is one of several things one is you become a a true blue member or whatever they call it now sign up for a membership because that means you can get on the ticket exchange because i have a suspicion that you know there'll be a lot of people who might not be turning up to the crystal palace match it being day after boxing day so that might give you a chance of getting a ticket on the ticket exchange. In other words, season ticket holders, you can't, can't go put the ticket on the ticket exchange. If you're a member or a season ticket holder, you can go and buy one. So I'd go and join up as a membership and watch out and, and, and religiously go to that uh, ticket exchange website as much as you can every minute of the day if possible until you can get four tickets. Whether you get four together or not is a moot point, but you might might get lucky. The only other thing I can suggest, obviously... Don't go to the touts. They'll just mug you off, and the chances are you'll get a a ticket that is not really a ticket. Um, What Chelsea are doing, they do this thing called Club Chelsea. So you might find, I mean, fuck knows how much it costs. I I fear that it's it's ridiculously expensive because it includes food and God knows what else. But it might be worth checking their packages to see if there's something that's within the realms of financial possibility. But 
Uh, I don't hold out much hope. The other thing is try a Westview ticket uh, because they are more expensive, but I, we know that they're not selling out. We know that they're not selling out. We know the dugout's not selling out, so it might be worth trying that. Um, and beyond that, you know, if you're in Connecticut, then, you know, join up one of the local Chelsea supporters groups, see if you can access a ticket that way through Chelsea in America or, or your local chapter, which I don't know which one it would be. Um, but uh, there'll be one near you. That's all I can suggest. Um, but keep in touch, you know, because we never know. There might be a spare floating around. Uh, and that's what, quite often what happens. Is spares appear miraculously very shortly before the game, day or two before the game on the day. So keep in touch. But I think those are the best three avenues I could suggest. What do you reckon, JK? Yes, everything you've said. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the um, Westview and... The dugout are unbelievably expensive. In fact, the dugout's ridiculous. But the West but, View is not. I don't think. I don't. No, think it's not. It's not that expensive, but it's still, it's still above the uh, the normal price. No, the West View West View is um, is something I would look for just to see because, as you say, they're not selling out particularly. But um, uh, the dugout we're into ridiculous hospitality world. Yeah, so um, you're going to pay six hundred quid or something stupid, aren't you, for that? It's more than that, I think. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Well, what what about Westview? Is it? It's it's, it's under that. It's maybe if yeah, yeah, fifty quid a ticket or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because you're not getting the whole corporate hospitality package. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. But you could even go further and get the corporate if you wanted. I'm sure there are some available for that. I get I get sent something by um something called Sports Breaks. Send me um packages. I don't even know how they got my address. I think from ages ago. But uh, and they they've got tickets available. I would look them up. But they're similarly. That's your paying. 250 quid a ticket um i think that's the trouble if you want an instant ticket you're gonna to have to pay that amount of money for it check the westview out first join yeah. join you know sign up as a member and check the ticket exchange as well but uh yes there we go that's the best yeah, ticket exchange do. people do have tickets available yeah, yeah they do and i think that's a that's a likely time you know a lot of people long off the uh boxing day match even though it's not on boxing day and it's a half half seven kickoff which makes it less appealing for a lot of people. So we shall see. Right, last email of the week, uh, JK. I'm getting the Guns of Navarone look now. I can see what you mean, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a David Niven about me, isn't there, tonight? I think he's more Anthony Quinn. Oh, were you? Oh, thanks very much. Not, yeah. um, not who was the other bloke? The um, the bloke playing the Greek in it. What was his name? That was Anthony Quinn. Anthony, no, no, no. Oh, Anthony no, no. Quayle. No, no, no. He was in it. Wasn't no, he in Anthony it? Quinn no, and Quinn. Anthony Quayle. Quinn. Yeah, Quinn. That's right. Quinn. Yes, he was the one who plays. Always had that accent. Yeah. Every single part he played, he had that accent. And you, you look very Anthony Quinn. Not, I look Anthony not Quayle. Quinn. No, not Quayle. No. Quayle was very like that. Wasn't he was. He, he was very, very upper crust British type very like person. That, yeah. Really. No, the other one. He said yes. yes. Anyway, uh, he played um, uh, Russians, and anybody. Foreign was uh, had that voice. He was typecast, really, wasn't he? Because he was. Well, he, yeah, he good was, luck to me. He was he Irish, did, really. Hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> this is from Alistair's son, not Alistair yes. Sim. No, not Alistair Sim. Who was one of the great Scrooges? If if Scrooge will be on at Christmas, the great what a great film that is. Um, this is uh, from Patreon, by the way. Is it? Oh, good. Alistair's son. I was trying to remember the, the name of the director of Scrooge, just because um, my dad worked with him. 
Um, anyway, um, hi, Chidge and gang of merry podcasters. Yes, we are merry. I'm feeling very merry tonight. Not perhaps a fully developed or coherent message here. Oh, dear. I was just watching back the highlights of the Blackburn match. Was struck by Jackson's lack of preparation. Yes, let's be honest, Alistair. He was shit against Blackburn. Anyway, he's just standing in the box, which perhaps is a starting point. <laughs> really, that's the least he can do, just be there. And it's almost a surprise the ball comes near him. Yes, yes. He's not prepared. He's caught flat-footed, so can't react in time completely agree with you but once again he was shit the first is the shot by enzo in the first half which the keeper deflected to his left jackson was right there except he wasn't ready for the possibility for the ball being deflected so his reaction was as it lay scrapple and of course he doesn't get to be there it's because he was shit another instance is for badia shields goal where you can see the surprise on his face when the ball is once again deflected in its direction from gallagher's cross he's left watching it fly past him he was shit He's the striker. He should be expecting every ball that enters the box is coming to him, whether that be a direct pass, a deflection or whatever else. I share your despair, Alistair. Yes. What exactly is he expecting? Yes. For fuck's sake, who knows? Anyway, glad for the win. Hopefully they up their game for Spurs. They did, because a performance like today won't do. Absolutely. I like what Cundy was saying the other day on TalkSport. Others too, I'm sure. Possibly even this podcast. Sorry if I've forgotten. He'd rather us play someone like Spurs or Arsenal going to come at us rather than sit back in a low block because we're decent at keeping teams out. We just can't break down defences. So perhaps we have a chance. We did. Anyway, up the Chelsea. Thanks for the great pod, as always. Thank you, Alistair. I agree. I think... Um, one of the things we will have to see in the future is, is and how we will how we will evaluate Poch's involvement in the club and the progress we make is how he deals with the lesser teams and the low block because it's been a problem for us the last two years and he must end up with a solution. It may be that Nkunku is the solution, maybe he changes the system in some way, but I think he will manage it and and because the progress is looking really on the cards. So. Uh, uh, but as I say, I think that once, if they can start blowing away the lesser teams who just defend, I think then we'll know we're really onto something. And and even Jackson, who, as you rightly said, was shit against Blackburn. Uh, against City, he reacted perfectly as a striker should to Gallagher's shot that was parried into his yeah. path. Yeah, much better. And a beautiful again, finish. Beautiful finish. The the um, uh, uh, the uh, um, the, the prefigurement of this, I can't think of the word. The in the um, in pre-season, of course, he was a different player entirely. So this is why there is may maybe hope because he he was really he ran beautifully and reacted beautifully and played excellent with excellently with Nkunku. But he was also much more on on the ball. So perhaps it's just a um, a confidence thing. Um, but he was dreadful against Blackburn. I do agree. But with, since then, he's scored. Um, he scored four goals, hasn't he? So, you know. Indeed. Yep. And that's what he gets paid for. So there we go. Right. Uh, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for for tonight. JK and I will be back on Friday to preview the Newcastle United versus Chelsea match. And we will be joined by Clayton Beerman, unless he's forgotten. So I shall remind He's, of course, the housewife's the choice. The housewife's choice, yes. We hope, hope he will be with us because we missed him last time. Now, if you want your email or Patreon post, Instagram post or tweet or Facebook message to be or post more to the point to be read out on the show, then let me have them as soon as you can. And we'll do another in off the post show. The email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Uh, so there we go. You know where to send them. Now you can uh, follow the show and all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd. 
So there we go. Jonathan, lovely to see you again. Sorry that you and I are still a bit hors de combat. Oh, change a bit of French there, oh, yes, I'd say. Indeed. <laughs> we're not well. No, no, we're, we're you know, we're all right. We're well, all we'll right. live, we'll live. Nice bit of en- There's more energy in this one than the other one, I think. Was that on Friday? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lacking in energy, that was. Oh, I know, I was like... Soporific. We, I, was, I was heading into a, a, a morass of illness over the weekend at that point. Whereas I'm kind of coming out of that morass now. Yeah, no, you, you and me both, absolutely. Yeah, we'll be all right. Well, I look forward to seeing you on Friday, that's for sure. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well done, Chidge. Right, you lovely people. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Until then, and keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Oh, you The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.